Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, July 7th. In the year 2022, this is your host, Mike Abadir, and you're listening to the Mike Abadir Show, of course, because that's what you clicked on. And we've got with us one of the Hall of Fame show regulars. As always, he brings it, brings it hard. Talking about my man, Jamil, Pop DiBiase. What is going on, my man? How are you? How was your 4th of July? Oh, man, I'm great. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. My 4th of July was 4th of July, man. You know, just uh, get through these holidays, man. It's been a fast year. Man, I was just thinking about that. It yeah, really is a fast it's year. It's been, been a fast year. It really has been, man. And, and a few shows back, I was talking about I have really strong sentimental feelings about the summer. Just as a as a time of year. I always look forward to it because I hated school. I was one of those kids that really hated school. So for me, summer vacation was a really, really big deal. It meant that I could play baseball outside much later because there was sunlight. I didn't have to worry about homework and everything. And so the beginning of the summer when we got let out of school, it was like a big celebration, right? Then you get to June 21st, and then it's like officially summer, right? Right. And then you get to 4th of July and you pass it. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, crap, man. We're already like halfway through the summer, right? And then as I got older, passing 4th of July meant we were getting close to Del Mar. And the racing season at Del Mar in Saratoga, which I loved. But once those are over, then you're into the fall. And then you realize that this year is going by super fast. We have football to carry us through, of course, the fall months and into the winter. And then we're starting to think about how cool it is that spring training is around the corner. And that's kind of the sports cycle for me in terms of how I look at the calendar year. But you're more than right, man. This year is just breezing by. 2021 feels like the fastest year ever. Maybe that's because we kind of had a slow, like, did I say 2021? My goodness, 2022. Maybe maybe it's because 2020 and 2021 were kind of slower. You know what I mean? But anyways, we're not here to talk about the seasons or me ramble about the time of year when I was a kid. We're here to talk some sports. I don't know if you – do you follow tennis much, my man? Um, No. Okay, so, so really quickly, and I'll talk about this more uh, later or next week, but you have – Spark plug tennis player Nick Kyrgios going up against Rafa Nadal in the semis. Well, Nadal today pulled out abdominal muscle strain, severe one. So Nick Kyrgios is going straight to the finals. And he's kind of like the Dennis Rodman of tennis. You know, he's kind of the bad boy, the one with the temper and everything. So that's going to be really interesting. On the other side, he's going to be facing the winner of uh, Djokovic, the Joker, uh, Novak, against uh, Cameron Norrie from Great Britain. So that would be really interesting either way, right? Novak was involved in a lot of those uh, discussions about the vaccination, Pop, because he refused to get one. 
And so Australia, you're required to get one in order to enter the country. He got there for the tournament, and they shipped him back. I know. We, did, we talked about we that. We did talk about happened. that, yep. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that when it happened. Yeah, so, so interesting stuff. So you're either going to get him in the finals on one side, or if he loses, you're going to get somebody from Great Britain. And it's not very common that you have an Englishman uh, in the finals in Wimbledon in England. So that'll be really interesting. Actually, i got to correct myself. He represents England. He's from England. That's where he lives. But he's originally from South Africa. So technically, I don't know if you could say he's from England. In- you know, well, yeah, is it? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I at least wanted to raise that so he didn't sound ignorant. So I think, yeah, I right, guess he is a right, he's, he's right, English, right. So that's always going to be yeah. cool to get that finals. I, you know, it's it's really strange to me though, Pop, to see Rafa Nadal pull out one match before the finals. Nick Kyrgios going in there. Imagine like the Celtics going up against the Heat, and the Heat maybe I don't know how would they forfeit. Um, they're all they all get COVID or something, and uh, the team goes to fight. Mike, you know, tennis is like boxing, man. If something happens in the in the situation, man, it's a tournament situation. You just gotta move on. It is what it is. It's just circumstance. Do you think it's cheap? Like, if he gets to the finals, is it kind of cheap? No, it's just that he the, he got all the way to the semifinals. He was he was healthy. The other guy wasn't healthy. He, he can't do nothing about that. See, we see people who are participating got to stop saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, he got an easy pass to 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 the championship. Uh, he wasn't in control of the guy getting hurt. So no, you know, th- that's not on him. So he didn't get a cheap way there because he had to beat three other guys to get there. Or yeah, no, I, hey, look, other guys, he had to beat. Uh, yeah, I think even more than that. No, you're, you're right. That makes a lot of sense. It's no different than going up against a team in the playoffs in the NFL uh, who is missing their top wide receiver, top quarterback, or, you know, key, key person. It's like, well, you still had to get there. You had to win until you met that opponent, and then you got to beat the opponent still and move on. So it's part of sports, like you're saying. I uh, I agree with you. But I'm here to ask the questions that the people want to know. So, with that said, uh, tennis fans, I talked about tennis for a little bit. Pop talked about tennis for a little bit. So, hope that's satisfactory to you guys as we transition smoothly here into the sport of the boys of summer. We were talking about this year moving by so fast. Seems like the baseball season just started. But, hey, we're reaching the midway point right now. And um, there are... Like every year, Pop, there's some surprises. Uh, there are some people that are having great years, which means their team also is picking up on the good vibes and winning. There are some teams that aren't really producing, teams that maybe we thought we'd do, that they would do really well, like the Chicago White Sox, who are still under 500. Um, but that's what makes baseball so beautiful. Have you had an opportunity to come up with the Pop DiBiase top five power rankings? Uh, they yep, it's not really hard right now. Um, and five, I got Milwaukee, who's sitting over Ooh, at okay. forty-seven to thirty-seven on the season. Okay, some of the more consistent pitching in uh, the MLB as well too. And you know what? They got one of the better offenses in the league too. When they when they get guys on base and things like that. But I think Milwaukee keeps a lot of games really close. But they are in a uh, tough situation right now, and they're um they're they're uh, standing they're first place. But St. Louis ain't going nowhere. That's the whole thing. St. Louis is three games back now, but 
that doesn't mean that 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 means nothing because we know how good St. Louis gets in the last six weeks of the season. I think that it will come down to that um, with the Central, but I just think that the Brewers been playing really consistent under the radar baseball. And you got to go ahead and give them their props. And Burns, he's just having a good season as well, too. And, you know, they just got a good little bunch that just keeps things kind of going. They, they just, they're just they just consistent. I know that they're not the top team in the NL. They're not even the top record, close to the top record in the NL. They're, they're, they're in the third spot. But still, I would say that, you know, Milwaukee still looms the danger for the team in the, who's the second seed when we get to October. If we get there and if that team and that team would be the Mets who I have in the fourth spot, I know the Mets really the Mets had one of the bigger leads in um, baseball when it came to first place. Now they're looking at a two and a half game lead, but Atlanta won 15 games in a row. What can they do about that? You know, the Mets jumped out. They spotted the Mets about eight, nine games and the Mets had the, the largest differential between all the teams uh, for the first few months of the season. Now, uh, things are catching up with them a little bit, but they, but they're still in a good groove right now. I would say that the Mets, there, it's not. It, it, it was always going to come down to this. Atlanta, they just they're coming off a World Series, so they're not going to be a slouch. They're just not going to fall off. My biggest disappointment though in the East has to be Philadelphia because they had to fire their manager, uh, and they're still really not back on track in my opinion. Even though they got a 500 record, it's still you still know that they're not going to make the playoffs this year. You just just know that that's not going to happen. And then when I look at the third spot, it was a toughie, and I'm not trying to play homers or anything like that, but I got Houston in number three. But Houston easily could have been the number one team in baseball right now because Houston has actually answered the call against all the top teams that in, in the American League. They played the Yankees. They've, they've handled the Yankees. They played uh, the the Twins. They they had a, a time against the Twins as well too, and they're absolutely crushing their division this year as well too. They're up 13 and a half games. You know, for a second there, we thought that the Angels would be really good, but the Angels fell apart. They had to fire Joe Madden as well too. In the process of that, they're now 16 and a half games back, and you know, uh, already thinking about next year. So pretty much Houston. Probably has the biggest, biggest, you know, runaway situation because they don't have a team in their division that's over 500 right now. Minnesota's 41 and 42, but you know they're they're well ahead of everybody. It's like what we like to say at Santa Anita: it's a paid workout. You know what I mean? And then um, we have the Dodgers, who are probably playing in the toughest division of them all because they have to deal with the Padres team that's that could be leading the Central, and they're dealing with the San Francisco team that's not that far back in the wild card race. And then the other two teams are just doing what they always do. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be in the basement? I swear, it's just Arizona, Colorado just share the basement uh, right now, and that's all it is. They're roommates; they'll be playing each other this weekend as well, too. So, you know, when I look at this, the Dodgers are number two, but the, they could easily be number one as well, too. But you know, I want to be biased. I don't want to get Mike all like, "Well, you're homering," you know what I mean? But they have a plus one forty four run differential from everybody else. That's why I put the Dodgers in the number two spot. Now you know Houston has a plus ninety three, but that one forty four is a big number, Mike. And so then we top it off. And I know I did a lot of talking. I can hear Mike. He's tapping his mic now. He's ready to jump on in here. But 
come on. It's an easy call right now who the number one team in baseball is, and that's going to be uh, the team from the Bronx, the New York Yankees with a 720 winning percentage, 59-23. and 23. This team is on course to win 105 games or better this season, Mike. You got to love what the Yankees are doing. The Yankees haven't had a time all season where they lost like five out of six or anything like that. Yankees lose two in a row. They come back and win seven out of ten. It's that simple. Like, literally, the Yankees are absolutely destroying uh, baseball right now. And it's really good when you see this because this is really can set up a big hype train for October as well, too. The MLB really needs to – the MLB doesn't like to push matchups in the World Series, but I would love for them to start pushing this Yankees-Dodgers matchup mid-September because they truly need it. Because if they get Yankees-Dodgers this year, they win all the championship TV TV time because the NBA already – the NBA is already going to be last. They, their, their ratings are, are in the gutter right now. But I would say that they're not going to beat out the Super Bowl, but they're going to get the news and the eyes that they that they really need. And one thing I talked about the other day with a colleague was this, is that a lot of these talking head shows have really put baseball to the back room. And that's not fair because baseball is the most is probably the most exciting sport out of all the major sports right now, out of all the seasons, because they got so many superstars and so many historic moments happening. So it's great to talk about the top five teams that I have in the league right now. But come on, Mike, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees, man. I know Mike's over here kind of upset that I didn't mention his Red Sox, but you're not they're not there yet, brother. 14 games back from the Yankees right now as well, too. But they could be in the mix in the Central right now as well, too. I couldn't say that they're leading the Central, but they will be two games back, Mike. You'd you be all right. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox have the third best record in the right, American right. League. Right, right. They're good. They're in the wild so, situation. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. Look, they've got off to a really rough start, and right. that happens in baseball. But that's also why you play the 162. I'm a big believer that things even out as the year goes on. And so what I'm going to do is rather than starting five with number five and going to one, let me reverse it. Since you started, uh, since you ended with the one, let me start with the one because I've got a different number one. And you're going to say that I'm a homer because I'm a Red Sox guy that I mean, <laughs> right. But here's the deal. When, when coming up with this, these rankings, is there an absolute rule that you have to use the team with the best record I've always thought that it's it's uh, it's easy to go with the team with the best record because nobody will argue with you. But for me, I think Houston is is my number one. They are the most well balanced team in all of baseball, in my opinion. They've got great pitching. They've got great hitting. Their defense is stellar. This team is just exactly the type of team that nobody wants to face. And I think Dusty Baker has got to be feeling really, really good that he's got a really legit opportunity to get to the World Series once again and win. He needs to get that win. That'll solidify his place amongst the all-time greats. He already has a record that is incredible that I don't think anybody will ever match, which is winning division titles with five teams. The job that Dusty's doing is phenomenal. All the guys that they bring up, seem to succeed they're they're the dodgers of of middle america if you want to call it that or of the south um because they're just one of those ball clubs that plugs in guys and you see them really really take off 
I mean, it's bottom line. Jordan Alvarez is ridiculous. Their pitching staff has been dealing. So this is my number one team. Uh, number two, it's a close call between the Yankees and the Dodgers. I don't think you could kind of argue that the Yankees, um, they're star- they're, they've just been annihilating teams, man. It's really hard to process how some guys are having such monster years that it almost feels inevitable that they're going to fast track to the world series, but I'm going to come at you with the Lee Corso and be like, not so fast. I think that the Yankees will do something pop that you mentioned that they haven't done. And I think they are going to, which is to have that longer losing streak to have it, maybe a flat 20 game stretch where maybe they're 10 and 10, you know, 9 and 11, something like that. I think they've got a pretty good grasp on the division. You know, I don't see them giving up a 14-game lead and losing. But I think I could see that gap being trimmed in half, maybe to seven games or something like that when all is said and done. I just don't think that they could play at this pace forever, man. But got to give props where props is due. Aaron Judge has been ridiculous. Their pitching staff has performed a lot better than I would have imagined them to do. Uh, So I'm going to go with the Yankees at number two. We're also going to take a commercial break right now. And then I will unveil the next three. See, that's where it makes it where the way you did it, Pop, was better, right? Because normally it would be like after the commercial break, you'll find out who Mike Abadier's number one team is in all of baseball power rankings. But... I took it the other way because I wanted to have it naturally flow from what you were talking about at the top. So I'll ask everybody to hang tight with me just for a quick moment. We're going to take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the top five power rankings, get into some of the players that are doing real well, talk about some of these teams besides the Yankees and the Astros that maybe can make a mark on this season and beyond because of their youth. I'll tell you who I'm thinking about. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back with Pop DiBiase. We're talking about our MLB Power Rankings. Just to give you a quick update as to where we are at. Starting with number one, Pop went with the New York Yankees, followed by the Dodgers and the Astros, the New York Mets, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Hard to argue with that. After that, I went with the Houston Astros as my surprise number one team, followed by the Yankees. Number two, the Dodgers are number three for me. We both share the exact same number four with the New York Mets. Pop, you'd mentioned that they had a huge lead, which they did when they were firing in all cylinders with a healthy uh, offense and pitching staff. Then they lost to Grom. No big surprise. Hate to say it, but he's out every year. So that wasn't a big shocker. What, what hurt was they lost Max Scherzer and they lost Tyler McGill all within a 10-day period. So now you got three of your best pitchers. Uh, I think Carrasco missed out on some time. I don't remember if it was COVID or something. So that's your top four pitchers. They still have a lead. It's not huge mm-hmm. like it was. But now you get Max Scherzer back, and he was dominant the other night. 11 Ks. I think he gave up one or two hits. The guy just, he's like Verlander. One of those dudes who just doesn't age and knows how to pitch and has been able to be dominant for such a long stretch. You got to really, really appreciate what he's been able to do. Wherever he goes, he brings it. Mets, to me, are number four because they got Scherzer back, and I think they're going to be, as they bring people off of the IL, as people get healthier, their superstars are going to really show why this team is going to be dangerous. I don't think anybody in the National League wants to face them. Number five was probably the toughest one because I agree Milwaukee is a team that gets overlooked year in and year out. Uh, You could look at the Padres who had a rough time with some pretty crappy teams like the Rockies and stuff like that um, to to allow for some separation in the standings because they were right there. They'd actually reached number one maybe about two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, Pop laughed that off as just, uh, you know, it's early in the year and the, the Dodgers are going to be the team. Right now, looks like Pop is right. It's back to yeah, a six, six games game up, baby. Lead. Yeah, six it, games up. Blink yeah, of an yeah, eye. Yeah. Yeah. Blink of an eye. <laughs> six games up, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. One you weekend know? to change your whole, change your whole uh, it, it was all good just a week ago, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, the Padres were like, looking really good. But 
That's unbelievable. So that's what happens in baseball. That's what makes it beautiful. Um, you can make a case for the Braves. You can make a case for the Padres. You can make a case for the Red Sox. Number five is a really, really and the Brewers, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a tough place to be able to uh, nail a team down. How about the Minnesota Twins? Don't want to forget about them. I think any of those teams can be number five, but I'm going to go with the homer call here, and I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox. They have the third best record in the American League since May 18th, I believe. They have uh, co-best records in all of baseball with the Yankees, or they're within a game of each other. The, the team's got uh, a, po- a positive run differential of 53, which is uh, better than a vast majority of teams in Major League Baseball. And when you look at the, the if you kind of overlook their really bad start, they've been as good as anybody else. And keeping in mind, Nate Eovaldi's their ace, but he hasn't been dealing because he's on the IL. He'll be coming off of that pretty soon. I think the Red Sox have to be feeling good, except for one thing, Pop. The Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox, all within a half game of each other. So that's going to be really, really tough division. Yankees right now are coming into Fenway for the first time this year. I think we're going to get a pretty good idea as to where things shape up between those two teams after this four-game set. Mike, so, the it, the Yankees are sitting, or it's like they were sitting at Belmont. They're up twenty lanes right now, man. It's yeah, well, the race well, is look, between between the three teams you just mentioned. Well, here's the thing. Going into last weekend, we knew that we were going to get a pretty good idea as to where things stood between the Padres and the Dodgers after that weekend. The Padres <laughs> looked like a feeble mouse. I guarantee you the Red Sox will not come out of this looking like a feeble mouse and and uh, almost getting swept. Uh, the Padres pulled one out of the, their you-know-what in the last game of the series to be able to snag one. It would have been pretty embarrassing to lose four in a row to your division rival that you supposedly had re- reeled in in the standings. Uh, the Red Sox, I can guarantee you, won't get swept. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they win three out of four in this series. We'll see. That's why you got to play the games. I think if you go two and two, um, you don't feel great as a uh, if if you're the home team in this particular situation because you're looking to put a your name etched into the books of mid-year turnarounds. That this team is going to turn things around and maintain that success, mm-hmm. not turn things around in their series against the the Reds and. You know, they didn't play well against the Cubs, actually. Uh, they were killing it against the A's and the Angels. But let's see what you could do against a division rival, right? Because I wasn't impressed with what the Red Sox did against the Blue Jays the other day or in this last series against the Rays, where the Rays came in and took two out of three. So the Red Sox have now lost consecutive series against division rivals. I don't like how that sounds. I don't like how that looks. Maybe they're gearing up for the Yankees. I don't know, but this is going to be an opportunity to let the world know where you stand in terms of the quality of your team. I predict that the Red Sox will take three out of four. I think they've been gearing up for this. I love Cora and opportunities like this. They dealt with the same thing last playoff, right? Nobody thought that they could beat the Astros or nobody thought they could beat the Rays or nobody thought that they could beat the Yankees. You know, the Red Sox, uh, 
they just they kept showing up until they faced the best team, which was the Astros, in my opinion, last year. Astros are the best team, in my opinion, this year. We'll see how it plays out, Pop. Yeah, That's we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. 14 games back, though. Yeah, I mean, look. I know, but they got a winning games record. That's, what, is, that's the best part about this situation is that they have a winning record. That's well, but here's thing. the thing also, though. 14 games is a lot. It, it, when is is You could almost say it's a 20-length lead in the Belmont because of the quality of the three teams behind them. I mean, starting the year, I would have felt that there's no way any team in that division could build up a 14-game length 14 game lead before the all-star break because you have Tampa, Boston, and the Jays there. It would be impossible to build that kind of lead against in a division. And by the way, the Orioles are playing pretty good baseball right now. They've won four in a row. Can I, They're creeping me, towards 500. I mean, this division is freaking ridiculous. Jump in. Well, let me just jump in real quick. Yeah. yeah. Here goes a fun fact for everybody betting out there. The Baltimore Orioles are actually the best run line team in all of baseball. They're 52 and 31 when it comes to the run line. That means wow. that this team has been in a lot of one run games because they've been the dog in a lot of the games they played this season. But you always ha- you also have to factor in they've won series that they weren't supposed to win as well, too. We know this because I put them in a series against the White Sox a few weeks back. They cashed out at plus 200. So. That's the whole thing. The Orioles are sneaky good this year. They 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 they're doing the same thing a lot of these these the these last place teams do. They come up and they surprise you a little bit. They're 20 and a half games back, but if they were to be say in the Central right now, they'd be right in the race. And if they were in say the Central and the NL, they would be well, they wouldn't be right in the race, but they would be somewhere in the room. But in the AL though, they would be right here. Um, with just as good a record as Cleveland. They would be the third-place team in the division right now. That's unbelievable, really, and that's that's why it makes the Yankees' lead that much more unbelievable. They don't have any gimmies in that division. No, not right? at all. So, so not at all. Uh, all these teams in the American League East are – how do I put it? When you're able, it's it's kind of like the, and I don't think you're gonna like this example, but it's kind of like the SEC, yeah. Because you've got really good teams up and down. If the SEC produces four or five teams that have only one loss, people are like, man, this is this is the conference. I'd say the same thing for this division, because usually when you have really good teams like that, you beat up on each other all year long, and then you have a bunch of teams that are struggling to get to that 90 win mark here. We're talking about four teams in the division that could get to 93, 94 wins. I don't even know how that's possible. I guess all that means is that they were all kind of even against each other, but then dominated against everybody else and all the other divisions in baseball. Either way, it's an impressive feat. And, uh, and I'll, and I'll close with saying this. I just don't think that the Yankees, 720 baseball is sustainable for the whole year. I just don't think so. I think there are too many teams now that are going to be gunning for them that know that they are beatable, but they can't take them lightly. So they're going to get everybody's A game. But right now, you got to give them props because the one number that jumps out to me, Pop, is they're the only team 
in the American League that is even close to scoring 400 runs offensively. They've scored 421. Now, you know what's interesting, by the way? You know, there are two teams in the NL that have scored 400. The Dodgers being one is not a surprise. But how about the Phillies? Phillies have the third most runs scored in all of baseball. They've scored 403 runs. I wouldn't have thought that had I looked. Had I not looked it up and you would ask me that question, I would not have come up with the Phillies. Um, but, hey, man, you got Schwarber swinging that stick like crazy. I think he's leading baseball in uh, all of baseball in home runs, I believe. Excuse me. National League in home runs. Aaron Judge leads with 30 in the American League. He leads all of baseball with 30. Schwarber is second in all of baseball with 27, but he's first in the National League, which leads us to the conversation about who are some of your MVP candidates so far, Pop? Who's impressed you? Who are the guys that are carrying their teams that you think should be worthy of MVP consideration? Well, I know a guy that I think that just once again is just doing remarkable stuff is Otani. But you know what? It's like, okay, we rewarded Otani with the MVP last year because he did something that was pretty rare. So you'll probably look past, but when it comes to the first half, once again, Otani is – he brings a lot of butts to the uh, ballpark, but well, let's be honest here. I would say that the MVP right now in the American League would be Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is having a, a, a career year. He's having a great season. He's a he's box office. He's in New York. They have the best record in all of baseball. So why not? Aaron Judge right now, I would consider him a top MVP candidate with Otani. Um, you know, Mike Trout's always going to be in the conversation as well, too, because he's Mike Trout. The natural, as I like to call him. And um, you know what? A surprise, surprise in the American League. A guy that um, I think is really, really good and doesn't get enough um, doesn't get enough uh, props as is, is Springer. Springer's uh, playing some pretty good baseball this season as well, too. But I know that a lot of people probably will look past that uh, situation because, you know, they're more into Bichette and with uh, Vlad Jr. But all in all, if I would have to select the guy to be the MVP right now in the AL, it would be uh, Aaron Judge. And then when we look at the American League, the American League is a different animal in a sense. It's more about, I would say, it's like the year of the, it's like about the pitching in the National League. Pitchers are, are really taking a, 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 a big, you know, a big spotlight and everything like that. But if I would say, okay, best hitter and things like that, this is not me homering, but he is playing really good baseball at this point right now. He's one of the better, he has one of the better batting averages in the league as well, too, and one of the more consistent hitters, Trey Turner. Would be a Trey Turner would be uh, is is an MVP candidate in my opinion. Also Soto in uh, in Washington, who's one of the the bigger stars in the league, but he plays on a team that nobody really pays attention to, even though they're off of, they they they're coming off of a World Series title not too long ago, a few years back, you know, back in 2019. So you know you still got Soto there, who's 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 a baller. And then, um, you know, you'd be like, well, well, Tatis hasn't played this season, but I wasn't going to put him in the MVP group like that anyway uh, this year. Just, just, I just think that Tatis, he's a very exciting player, but I think that it's a little bit of an overhype as well, too, now when you look at, you know, the impact that is San Diego still winning games without him. 
You know what I mean? Because they may seem like, well, if he's out, then they won't be that good. Well, no, it's, it's, that's not the case. But um, I like Trey Turner as an MVP candidate, and Soto is somebody that is always going to be considered. And um, I will say that, um, you know, um, Atlanta has a few guys, Albies and Acuna, uh, two guys that you can consider as well, too. And then you got Pete Alonzo as well, too, in New York. So, you know, you got a lot of good good things going on in that sense. But if I was to select anybody to be the NL MVP, I would say Trey Turner because Trey Turner plays on the best team in the, in the league. And he's just been been so consistently good at, you know, everything for the Dodgers this year. So that's what I like in the MVP race. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, uh, I think we, we have a lot of disagreement when it comes to that, which kind of shows you how good of a year that, uh, a lot of these guys are having, you know, when, when you're able to, uh, talk about candidates and, and have some major disagreements. Uh, I think you've overlooked, we'll start with American league. Of course, judge there's agreement there. There's no doubt about that. Judge has been tearing the cover off the ball. And the thing that it's interesting and intriguing about judge to me is that usually these big big time sluggers, these power hitters, usually aren't able to bring it with a with a good batting average, right? That's not typically something that you see. But Judge, he's batting 287. He's almost a 290 hitter for being a feared slugger who's leading the league in home runs. I believe he's also leading the league. Let me double check that. Uh, if he's not leading the league, he's pretty darn close to leading the American. Yep, he leads the American League in RBI as well. So Judge definitely has to be worthy of consideration. Um, let's get to a commercial timeout. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up the MVP talk in the last segment here. Uh, stay with us, everyone. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll be back with more MLB talk with Pop DiBiase. We're going to talk a few of the uh, games from tonight. I know a lot of them uh, have already started. And uh, for those who listen on demand later on, it's probably not going to be entirely meaningful. But let's at least get an idea as to the services that Pop DiBiase can provide. You can go back and look to see how he did. We are on live right now. It is 4.40 p.m. Pacific time out of L.A. We'll be back right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the final segment on the Mike Abadir Show. We were just talking about MVP candidates and uh, and uh, and that I felt that Pop DiBiase had overlooked some of the guys in the American League. We are in agreement on Judge. But how about Jordan Alvarez with the Astros? I know I've been a, uh, all up on the Astros in this week's show, of course. That's just how <laughs> impressed I am with what they're doing. Alvarez. Mr. If the Dodgers would have the trading them. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> So, well, Alvarez leads all of the American League in war. If you are, if you like that sort of analytics, then he's your guy. He, he's leading the American League in war by, by a, a sizable sum, actually. And his stats back it up. Hard to argue with a guy where at the mid-year point, he's got 26 home runs, 59 RBI, and he's batting 312. Uh, you mentioned Trout. Trout is always going to be an MVP candidate, even though he's had some really bad stretches this year, which you you don't see him having very often. Even with bad stretches, his numbers look about as good as anybody. And then there's another Astro that's being overlooked, which is Kyle Tucker. He's third in war in the American League. Two other guys before we move on. Actually, three guys I'm going to give props to. Rafael Devers, guys batting 327. 17 homers and 46 RBI right now. How about Jose Ramirez with Cleveland? This Ooh, guy yeah. gets overlooked Ooh, every yeah. single year, man. He doesn't even look like a like a traditional ball player. He's kind of pudgy, but the guy is nothing to uh, dismiss based on looks when it comes to numbers because he's terrorizing the ball this year, as he does every year. Doesn't seem to get the credit for it. And I'm actually going to throw a rookie into the conversation for not just rookie of the year, which I think he's got a good grasp on, but even MVP uh, discussion. He wasn't called up at the beginning of the year, but he got called up pretty soon into the year to be a spark plug for a team that's really underperformed. I'm talking, of course, about Julio Rodriguez with Seattle. If you guys haven't seen what he's done so far, take a look. He's in, in the top 10 in war. He's got 21 stolen bases. I love that. He's able to steal bases like that. It's an art to steal bases. It's not just you have to be fast. You have to be able to really read the pitcher, understand the situation, and then successfully swipe a bag. He's been able to do so. He's also got 15 home runs and 43 RBI. He's batting almost 280. He's right at 277. So to me, I think as the year goes on, if he continues at this pace, he's definitely going to be, uh, you know, meriting some conversation 
for the uh, American League MVP. In the National League, uh, Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt, he's been carrying the St. Louis Cardinals. In fact, if you look at war, the top two war guys in the NL are Goldschmidt and Arenado. So it's almost kind of like um, Judge and Stanton in the American League with the Yankees. You got a two-headed monster there in St. Louis. And actually, if you when you sort the by war, the top three guys are from St. Louis. Excuse me, not just top two. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. And they're still second place. And still second place. Goldschmidt, <laughs> Aaron Otto, and, and Tommy Edmond. Yeah, they're still in second place to your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, but top three guys in war. Hey, I'm putting Brewers on me, Mike. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're, hey, look, Craig Council may be the most underappreciated manager in baseball. The team brings it every single year, whether they can score runs or not, uh, whether they're healthy or not. They find a way to um, have a top three pitching staff in the National League every single year, it seems. So mm-hmm. remarkable job there, man. Um, number four has been Manny Machado uh, in in war. Manny Machado, he's been carrying that Padres offense. Without him, they've got zero offense without Tatis in the lineup. Uh, and then the fifth guy is a guy that I feel should get more uh, MVP consideration than his teammate that you brought up, which is Juan Soto. And I'm talking about Josh Bell. He's kind of hidden away there in Washington because the Nationals aren't doing crap. Um, and so this brother is raking, not just with the power numbers as usual, but he's also batting 310. So I think he does, is, is very much worthy of consideration. Two guys that's kind of surprised that you left out of the convo are um, the guy probably should have got booed a little bit more at Dodger Stadium last week, Freddie Freeman, uh, as well as Mookie Betts. I know Betts, uh, his issue is he's missing. Only reason time why they throw Mookie in there was okay. because Mookie's been hurt, and the only reason why they throw Freddie in there is because Freddie is a little distracted right now. Yeah, yeah. But no, his I, average is great, though. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, Freddie Freeman, he's one of the more consistent players in all of baseball. Um, but I don't want to also forget about your your MVP, which is uh, Trey Turner so far. Hard to argue with that. He is a top three, top four uh, player in terms of the number of hits that he has this year. He's batting uh, with 99 hits. Uh, that actually puts him in second in all of baseball. First is, is a tie between Rafael Devers and Paul Goldschmidt. Both guys that I'd mentioned in the MVP candidacy. Um, and Belsa Trey Turner, of course, swiping 16 bags. He's the tempo setter for the Dodgers. Dodgers offense has been inconsistent all year. Haven't got much production out of uh, Turner or Muncie, guys that I like quite a bit. We know that they're going to turn things around because at the end of the year, in the back of their baseball card, their numbers always look good. So um, that should make Dodger fans excited about the second half because we haven't seen two of their best players deliver so far. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, those guys have definitely been, um, you know, carrying the load. And then, of course, Mookie Betts, when he hasn't been hurt, has also been raking and uh, is putting up another Mookie Betts-type season. Uh, For a superstar, he's actually kind of underappreciated, to be honest with you. But I think that could be because the Dodgers just have so many guys that you kind of get lost in the uh, in the superstardom of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So we've gone over. It don't uh, matter if they don't get no championship, Mike. You know that. I think at this point, the Dodgers are one of those teams. They're kind of like it Alabama. They're kind of like Alabama. If you don't win the title, then you didn't have a good season. 
And I think it's a, it's a tough place to be from a team perspective. It's a tough place to be for the fans, but that's just a measure of their success so far. Uh, one other Dodger I want to mention that I don't think is going to get MVP con- consideration, but he should. He's not even a hitter. How about Tony Gonsolin? I mean, look, Walker Buehler didn't have a very good uh, performance when he was in there, and then he's been hurt. Clayton Kershaw is the most reliable and consistent pitcher that they've got, but he's always hurt in the last few years. Sure enough, he missed a lot of time this year. Who's carried the load for that pitching staff? How about Tony G, man? Leads the entire NL in ERA. 1.54, microscopic. And the guys, what, what is his record right now? 11-0, 10-0? So the guy's unbeaten. He's really showed me something. Uh, in, a, in a year that I didn't expect for him to be amongst the, the top players. So uh, I think he definitely is worthy of some MVP votes. Not sure if he's going to get any, um, but we will see. Um, possibly, possibly. Cy Young as well, too. Yeah, definitely Cy Young contender. And by the way, foolish me, I think because you spent some time talking about him, I, I forgot to mention Shohei Otani, of course, has to get consideration. I mean, Shohei Otani could get MVP and Cy Young in the same year. And if he does that, man, forget about it. I mean, that'll be something. Real quick, let me let me chime in. Just give me 30 seconds real quick. The reason why Otani needs to be talked about more is because what he's doing is so fun. And I feel like with sports media is doing, I'm a media member, you're a media member as well, Mike. But I really feel like the big boys are are missing, are dropping the ball with Shotani. They truly are. Because Shotani is like the biggest story in sports, in my opinion. He had two historic albums last time out. And it's just like he brings a show with him every single time he steps on the field at the Big A. The Big A is uh, is, is still a big market uh, stadium in uh, baseball. And I just I just don't get it, Mike. I just don't. You know, he he set the bar. After last year, the bar has been set so high. And I think he's coming back and delivering on it. He's delivering on that promise. You know, a lot of times you set the bar high and then you you, you flatten out a little bit. But shouldn't so we have coverage on the story, though? Like, shouldn't we be covering absolutely. this? Absolutely. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't we be talking about him as, as, as we keep talking about LeBron and Kyrie, two guys who were just being losers, uh, who were losers last year? Like, the, se- the NBA season's been over for a month. Get over it already. Who cares? Yeah, I look, I agree with you. Do you think as a possibility, just a theory here, that his, his uh, lack of English speaking hurts? Because I think it does. Because he doesn't have an opportunity to charm I think the media. The, I think it's the lack of of originality. I think it's the lack of let's just keep on moving on to the next sport. Baseball has lost the luster of being front page news, in my opinion, being at the forefront of a sports news program. And I think that's where they a lot of these programs, they really lose people at because they're not getting into everything that they should be getting into. I think that is more based on people and they're more worried about 
who moves the, the, the Twitter needle or who's trending the most. And, you know, they want to make sure they appease the people on Twitter. And I just feel like, well, you know, you need to start reporting. You can control the narrative of what's going on. So, you know, uh, but I know I totally jumped off topic and we're running out of time now too, Mike, but I just really, it just really befuddles me that we're not talking more about Showtime. We're not talking more about the Yankees and how dominant they are right now. We're not talking more about the Dodgers and how they're, 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 they're a, a super team with no superstar. You know what I mean? Like, that's that it just it's just baseball is so good right now that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing to it because baseball used to be the major sport in America period point blank football and basketball always played a back seat to baseball until the 1994 strike I promise you that Mike well you when make a lot a of really good up, look you make baseball a lot always of good was number points. one <laughs> no you're right you make so many good points they are they're in a the sport is very healthy in terms of superstars I mean, imagine we've had this conversation uh, all hour, and there's so many really good players we haven't even got a chance to talk about. How about like Byron Buxton in Minnesota? Right. The guy is absolutely unbelievable. We, I think, maybe had one mention of Giancarlo Stanton. We didn't mention Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, we, you know, there's a lot of players that are having really good pitching seasons that we haven't even had a chance to talk about. Uh, about Shane McLenahan and in uh, in in Tampa. I know we wanted to talk a little bit of point spreads. But, uh, you know, do, do you have any uh, plays really quickly that you want to plug? Okay, look, Mike's going to like this plus 170 on the uh, Red Sox series. If you were on Twitter, you saw it earlier. I got the Diamondbacks minus 160. Then I got a big boy for you this weekend with the plus 200 as well, too. Um, I'm trying to let me. I can't put it on speaker, so um, it's on the Twitter, too, but we got a big boy at plus 200 as well, and then we got the Angels and the Orioles series as well, too. I got the Angels winning that series at minus 135. Good stuff there. Well, that's pretty much all the time that we've got for this week's show. We thank Pop DiBiase for joining us, as always. Love having you on, my man. Thank you to all the listeners. Without you, there is no show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.